Extra Points is presented for the people by Caesars Sportsbook, the greatest sports betting app of all time. Download it. It must be 21 years or older. Welcome, Extra Points listeners, and congratulations on making it through yet another week. Good news, the weekend awaits with its enchanting promises of endless sports and free time that ends up with you screaming silently at some jerk in the Costco parking lot instead. Or maybe I'm just projecting. Either way, we know how hard you work, and while we hope listening to all our shows makes that time go a little faster, we don't want that to feel like work in and of itself. So we've had our producers pick out their favorite bits and put them together in a half-hour supercut for you to sample. I know, I can't believe we have producers either. If you like something, check out the full episode the next week wherever you get your podcasts. In the meantime, thanks for supporting the network, and let me just say from the bottom of my heart as the co-founder that I sincerely hope your favorite team still loses to mine. Enjoy the shows. To kick off this best of, is Jordan Love the next great Packers quarterback? During Lemon Pepper Parlay, Mark Reynolds and Martin Weiss get into a debate over the Green Bay signal caller. Give Jordan Love his jacket right now, Martin Wise. Oh, my God. I was right on this. I was early. I was there. Jordan Love, Brett Favre, Aaron Rodgers. Now you got Jordan Love. And I'm obviously being a little facetious here. But at the same time, I really do, and I've said it before, I believe Jordan Love will be a really good quarterback in this league for a very long time. I love the just – the calmness he has in the pocket, you know, he's six, four, about two twenty. He, he, he's not Bryce young, right? <laughs> he's the anti Bryce young, as far as the, the height and the, the stature there. And I mean, this past weekend, I mean, I know Minnesota is, you know, you can think whatever you want about them, but I don't think nobody saw that game being a complete and utter whacking like that 33 to 10, three touchdowns for Jordan love 256 yards on 72 completely. 72% completion percentage. In his last three games, seven touchdowns, no interceptions. The guy's balling out of his mind. 30 touchdowns on the year, only 11 picks. He's going to throw for over 4,000 yards. And guess what? When and you're in, they play Chicago this week. They win that game, they're in the playoffs. And I think they're going to get the job done. Jordan Love, he's helping my agenda right now. Yeah, I'm not necessarily with you on your victory lap there. I think he's fine. Like, I don't, but the idea that he hasn't impressed you at all. I mean, sure, but it's not like it doesn't, he's not jumping off the page for me. Like, really? Like, I don't know. Like, maybe it's, maybe it's a little circumstance. Maybe it's, but like, he's not to me. He misses a lot of profit in some of these check down plays that he just refuses to check down. Instead, we'll just chuck it, you know, and miss his receiver on a deep throw by like eight yards. Like, I don't know why Matt LaFleur treats third and one like a waist down, but I mean, taking a deep shot, anecdotally, it feels that they take a deep shot on third and one, like half the time. It's like when you can just go get the first down. I I wonder how much of that is coaching or how much of that is Jordan Love just trying to show his arm. 
In this next clip on Trendy, Toby Mergler was joined by Martin Weiss, and they discussed the ever-changing Super Bowl odds and how the NFL MVP odds have finally settled on Lamar Jackson. I think this year has been more segmented than in previous years, where like the up and downs of individual teams have been more extreme than usual. We haven't had anybody who kicked off a week 17 and then took a knee in week, I'm sorry, week one, and then took a week uh, a knee in week 18. And you're like, well, that was the best team the entire season. We've had four or five, maybe six different teams that at some point somebody was saying they were the best teams, whether it was the Eagles, whether it was the Cowboys, whether it was the Niners, whether it was the Ravens, whether it's the Chiefs, whether it was the Dolphins. Like we've all, we've had this like rotating cast of best teams. So I think when you get into applying the odds and trying to make some of these future bets, fading the current version of the best teams, the 49ers and the Ravens is where the value is because it's not like they've been dominant since, uh, since the jump. All I got to do is look at the MVP odds. We've had eight different players heavily favored to win the MVP this year. Eight different guys. And Lamar Jackson was it twice. <laughs> Probably end up winning it now. But, you know, that's how that just shows you how how much this season, or at least I should say the week-to-week perception of the league has changed on a, on a week-to-week basis. And I, I, I don't want to make your head explode because I know you've been all over this corner. But the very fact that Lamar Jackson is about to win the MVP of the league by settling just around like his uh, like his line, his preseason line on things like rushing yards and um, and touchdowns. It's like, OK, so he did exactly what Vegas expected him to do. He's now by doing exactly what he expected to do. He's the most valuable player in all of football, but nobody wanted to offer him a contract. Like makes sense of that for me. I got one more collusion. That's that's all. That's the only way it makes sense is collusion. Like it, it it's illogical any other. Like the idea that this the idea that this asset was out there and just was anybody could have. Oh, what the Ravens were going to match the deal? Make them match. Make them match. Oh, God forbid you make them pay an exorbitant amount of money for their quarterback. And what's the worst case scenario? You get a guy who's about to win the MVP again. Like what's yeah, the <laughs> I'd say the worst case scenario is you let the Ravens get a discount on them, surround them with the other talent because they're a smart front office, and suddenly they're you know plus one forty to win the conference. You gotta exactly. you gotta harm them somewhere else. I mean, just looking at teams like like right, I'm looking at the Atlanta Falcons five hundred to one to win the Super Bowl. What do you think those odds would be if they had Lamar Jackson instead of the combination of of uh, Frankenstein and Desmond Ritter and uh, Taylor Heineke? I don't know, but I bet you I still would have found a way to lose a bunch of money on the Falcons. Let's take a quick break here. You know, when the conversation turns tampers, I always go with my number one as Caesars. Let's talk about them a little bit, shall we? Tickets to the game, merch, meals at iconic restaurants, stays at Caesars Palace. All this can be yours when you bet with Caesars Sportsbook. Win or lose, every bet earns rewards credits, which you can redeem across the empire. Now, if you haven't started yet, register using this code. Listen up. Omaha full the word Omaha and the word full. And then you place your first bet up to $1,250. If you win, great. If you keep those winnings, but if you lose, you'll get your stake back as a bonus bet. 21 and over only. Offer valid and must be physically present in Arizona, Colorado, Illinois, Indiana, Iowa, Kansas, Louisiana, Massachusetts, Maryland, Michigan, New Jersey, New York, Ohio, Pennsylvania, Tennessee, Virginia, West Virginia, and Wyoming. New users and first $10 plus wager only. Must register with eligible promo code. Bet amount of qualifying wager. Returned only if wager is settled as a loss. Maximum bonus bet, $1,250. Bonus bet expires 14 days after receipt. Tier credits and reward credits will be added to account within seven days after 
qualifying wager settles. See Caesars.com slash promos for full terms. Void where prohibited. Know when to stop before you start gambling problem. Arizona, call 1-800-NEXT-STEP. Colorado, Wyoming, Kansas, affiliated with Kansas Crossing Casino. Call 1-800-522-4700. Indiana, call 1-800-9-WITH-IT. Iowa, call 1-800-BETS-OFF. Louisiana, call 1-877-770-STOP. Licensed through Horseshoe, Bossier City, and Harris, New Orleans. Massachusetts, call 1-800-327-5050 or visit gamblinghelplinema.org. Michigan, call 1-800-270-7117. Illinois, Maryland, New Jersey, Tennessee, Virginia, West Virginia, Ohio, Pennsylvania, affiliated with Harris, Philadelphia. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem, crisis counseling and referral services can be accessed by calling 1-800-GAMBLER or West Virginia, 1-800-GAMBLER.net. New York, call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369. We all know breakfast is an important part of your day, but sometimes when you're traveling for business, you end up staying at a hotel that doesn't offer any. You know what happens? You grab a cup of coffee and skip the meal entirely. We've all been there. But if you book a room at La Quinta by Wyndham, you can enjoy their free bright side breakfast featuring delicious baked goods, fruit, eggs, yogurt, and waffles. And really, who doesn't want to start their day with a fresh, hot waffle? Tonight, La Quinta, tomorrow you shine. Book direct at LQ.com. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. Well, congratulations to those who have won their fantasy championships. With the 2023 season in the rearview mirror, myself and Jen Piacente on Waverward looked ahead to 2024 and gave out some resolutions. Let's talk about our 2024 fantasy football resolutions. I put out a call to you guys on social media for these 2024 resolutions, and you guys had some fun ones. I have a few. I know you probably have a few, Eddie. I want to go over those, and then we're going to hit some news, and then we're going to talk some betting. This is going to be a fun episode today. Yeah. Okay. Give me your 2024 fantasy football resolution or resolutions, Eddie. So I was thinking uh, long and hard about this, and and I – I think sometimes in the fantasy community, there is a, every year something flares up, but there's like a new trend, whether it's, you know, zero running back, for example, is a very, very popular one. And I was looking kind of into that. Um, I know we did talk a little bit about, you know, the the situation with quarterbacks going forward. You have to draft two, uh, you know, even in non super flex leagues. Um, so I'm trying to think of like, what is a trend or something that I am going to have a, a resolution to do? And my resolution is basically to not abide by a, a strategy like that, like a hardcore thing because every draft is different people make smart choices people make dumb choices things change um you know and and back to like the zero running back one that was something i was almost buying into because i we, we all know coming into this season where it was like running backs are not valued a ton of committees but seeing like this year and if you look at the nfl like the rushing leaders there's already a a bunch of guys that are that are eclipsed you know the thousand yard mark and if a number of running backs play in week 18 there are a lot of guys in like the the 900 plus yard range that could eclipse it so there's a chance that we're going to end with double digit amount of people with a thousand rush yards which to me means like you don't necessarily have to go the zero running back route there are guys who are who are all were drafted uh you know 
especially earlier in, in, in seasons, uh, in drafts, sorry to like, so my resolution basically is to not abide by a certain strategy and, and be, you know, dead set on that. You could be flexible because things are going to change. So I guess that's my advice to everyone is like, because you read somebody say, do as you're running back or draft X, Y, Z, like just be more open-minded, be more flexible because the league is constantly changing and we can never predict it. We've never would have predicted this season uh, and a year where we said running backs don't matter. And now you're going to have, you know, 10 plus guys over the thousand yard mark. So again, like just take it draft by draft is really my, my resolution. I will abide by that. It's interesting because a couple of those guys though, were zero running back selections over yes. the thousand yards. Roheem Mostert. Yes. You know, Kyron Williams. But Bijan so, may be a thousand yard, and and Tony Bijan Pollard surprisingly is close. But he was a first round pick, and right, yeah. So, it, it's so I'm saying Derrick Henry still over a thousand yards. Like these guys were over a thousand yards, even though we crapped out. Yeah, thanks, Derrick Henry in my yeah. finals. Um, anyway, not not angry at you. Not angry at you, Derek. Saquon, Joe Mixon. Like these are guys that were drafted, you know, at earlier rounds, and they're right. Absolutely, Mixon point. was so solid. He yeah. he never gets drafted as high as he should. He keeps putting up like solid seasons, and like he's just kind of. Boring, I guess. Mm-hmm. And so people, he always gets undervalued. I agree. You got to roll, roll with it. Yep. You got to take what the draft gets you. You can't go in with like, this is the rule. I mean, remember we debated this earlier, like they used to be wait for a quarterback and mm-hmm. then it was draft a quarterback early. And now it's like the half the top 10 quarterbacks were late. Half of them were early. So who's right? Who's wrong? You got to go with your gut. When you do this, and it's the same for your your lineup decisions, by the way. You've got to be sure to trust your gut. So I have a couple resolutions kind of in that vein. And um, one of mine is when I don't feel super confident about something, don't be afraid to admit I don't know it and go to an expert for it. Here's what I mean. I hate kickers. I'd rather just not play them. Mm-hmm. It's so hard to project them, and I don't want to deal with them. But the fact is, we do play with kickers. So instead of st- burying my head in the sand and being like, and whatever, I'll just punt that position, I'll get enough points, and all the other ones, don't waste the spot. Remember two seasons ago when we played in the postseason and we won our uh, $5,500 prize? Of course. We did it on the back of a kicker. We did it on the back of Evan McPherson. That was our step, and that's how we did it. So I went this year in my fantasy championship and I went to, by the way, I recommend you all follow her. Her name is Linda. Linda Leons she is her uh, at L-I-N-D-E-L-L-I-O-N-S is her Twitter. And she writes for Fantasy Life and all that. And I went to her. She loves kickers. Like she's obsessed with them and she ranks them, which is so weird. Sorry, Linda. It's so weird. But at the same time, I love you. So, you know, so somebody wrote us and said, who do you write for a kicker? I'm like, you know what? I don't know. I'm sorry. I can go look up other people's ratings and try to figure it out. But you know who's really good? It's Linda. And I just like pointed it to Linda and Linda suggested someone. And after she suggested someone, I was like, you know what? I'm going to go get that guy right now. You know what I did? I picked up Kymie Fairbairn. You know what he put up for me? 16 points. Yeah, baby. It was a difference maker. It was the difference. So when I don't know, I'm not going to get mad about it and just say, I'm just going to take a floor. I don't care. I'm going to go to the people that know, and I'm going to use their advice because people ask me for help. Why wouldn't I ask somebody else for help? Right. So that's number one. Number two is I'm going to start saying no to fantasy football leagues that I don't really want to play in. Okay, I don't want to hurt people's feelings, but I say I've been really bad about saying yes because I've done it or yes because they ask. And you know what happens is 
I kind of forget and I kind of get lazy and I don't prioritize. And then like I miss the start and I'm like, eh. and then I end up kind of like not feeling good about it. And I like squeak into the playoffs that I didn't do the best things I could do. And then my other team suffer mm-hmm. because I'm so divided because I'm thinking a little bit about this and everything. I want to focus in on the teams I definitely want to play for. And I'm going to play them like I used to play before I became an expert. And I was expected to be in like 75 leagues because then I'm going to have more fun. Speaking of fantasy, it seems like Martin Weiss has a bone to pick with Packers head coach Matt LaFleur after refusing to play Aaron Jones in the fourth quarter. Give a listen to this clip from Trendy. On the heater category, Martin, I am kind of punting a little bit to the end of the week. The the heater I'm going to play, the pattern I'm going to play, is unders on eliminated teams. Like, I know we all have Lovey Smith still in our brain last year of how he went out and won a game that he absolutely shouldn't have won. But far more common, these guys lay down in Week 18. And so we need to see who's even going to play. We need to see who's going to play against them. And we need to see what the prop numbers are. But I will be playing unders on eliminated teams all day on Sunday. The other thing I, I, I want to see, I don't know if you ever get down on this, is usually late in the week, it comes out uh, who has contractual incentives for the final game, like needs over yeah. 65 yards or whatever it might be in order to hit a threshold for a bonus. I don't want to accidentally like fade a guy who has uh, something on the line, but I will be playing overs on those contract incentives as long as they get published before Sunday. You just reminded me of something, and I know that nobody cares about my fantasy team, but I, Matt LaFleur is a war criminal, a war criminal. He's a terrorist. I can't believe what he did because I was down by six in the championship, $3,000 to the winner. I'm yep. down by six in the championship. I'm playing against Justin Jefferson. I've got Aaron Jones. For some reason, Patrick Taylor had eight fourth quarter carries for 30 yards. I just needed 30 yards or, or mind you, maybe a, a catch or two because Jordan Love just refused to check down the entire game. If he had caught the ball twice, I win. If he runs for 30 yards, I win, especially considering that Justin Jefferson and, and in Kevin O'Connell's wise graciousness, I guess you want to call it, decided that he wanted to start Jaron Hall for the first half and giving yep. him essentially no shot to have a big game because, I mean, that guy's terrible. <laughs> but, but no. So that's when you just brought that up, talking about you know, props and guys getting held out of the game, especially when AJ Dillon hurt his wrist. I'm thinking, all right, bet here we go, here we go, here yep. we go. And that was just a hell of a way to end 2023. But you know, 2024 is off to a good start so far. Well, welcome to the unders, baby. This is exactly why I'm playing unders in week 18. As long as they don't have anything on the line, I think we're going to see a lot of like, and also for like teams that need to lose. Like if if the commanders throw the ball more than 20 times, I might throw my uh, shoe against the television. They need this loss so freaking bad. They need to run the ball three times and punt 12 times and call it a Sunday. So I, I I'm going to freak out if they don't. And we'll see how many of those but, types of games you know, we have. You say that, but and I know you just brought up Lovey Smith, but if Lovey Smith doesn't win that third game of the year, they have the first overall pick probably, and they might have took Bryce Young. Yeah. Instead, they got lucky and took CJ Stroud. And now look at him. Would, yeah, who would problem, you rather have? Well, the problem is, Martin, is what the commanders will do is they will win this game, they will fall to the fifth or sixth pick, and then they will trade up with the Bears, give up two draft picks when they could have just lost and got Drake May or Caleb Williams. So that is what it's like to be a commanders fan. And let's stop down for a quick break here. 
This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any eight-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Go to jetspizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jets' signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jets Pizza. Better because it has to be. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. The always hysterical duo of Randy and Jason Sklar joined Dave Damashek and Saratiana this week on Extra Points, and they talked about their time as students in Ann Arbor with their classmate, Joan Howard, who is now the head coach of the Michigan basketball team. I once asked Jalen Rose, who was the, who was the greatest yeah. on campus with the co-eds? You know, who yeah. was the most popular? And I said it had to be Chris Weber. He was a handsome devil. And he said, no, no. Jawan Howard. I said, why? He said, because John was because Jawan was meticulous about ironing all his clothes. He never yeah. would walk out the door without ironing his clothes. So, you know, our not Juwan, so fun fact, but there you so, go. Do you know that, do you know what? First of all, two things, two additional things about that. One, Jawan's nickname was the big nook. So I don't know. Do with that what, what you that want, means. Sarah. I don't yes. know what a nook Sarah. is, but uh, all right. <laughs> and the other thing is we had a class. Place with you can fact. sit. <laughs> and read uh-huh sure breakfast nook. all right breakfast so nook. so randy and i had a class a communications class with all the fab five it was an early morning class and they came to every class they did you guys up. go to school together yeah i'm just kidding you were in the I same year yes <laughs> so we're sitting behind they rode them. each other's shoulders uh, every other day we rode, we rode each other's coattails if uh, one of you was held back okay <laughs> so we're in the back row they're in the <laughs> row right in front of us embarrassing That'd be the worst. <laughs> Randy and I just are cracking jokes the whole time. Cracking jokes. Ooh, not every- even sure if they're listening to us, but it's like cheap seats of our communications class. <laughs> and one, one day Randy's not there. And I'm with my friend, Rachel Graham, who later married our friend, Josh Levitsky, and they're still together. And I love them. All right. Uh-huh. They, so we're walking out of the class. Walking down to the bottom. Down to, no, I'm walking in the stairwell outside the class of the lecture hall. And I hear from behind, Ayo twin, where was your brother this morning? And I look up and it's Juwan. And I'm like, oh man, he was hungover or whatever. And and he was so nice. We walk all the way through campus together, which is like, you're walking with a celebrity. It's the greatest feeling ever. He's so cool. We like exchange, I don't know, it's not, it's before cell phones. So I don't know. We were like, hey man, we should just, we'll study for the final together or something. We, it was really sweet. We saw him at games and he would like wave and he was so cool. We studied for the final with him. Then- that's the 30, greatest. How bad? 30 years what, later. What that must have done for you guys to, no, 30, to boost you. So 30 years later, I'm 49 at, years old. Really. I'm at a Clippers game with my family. And, oh, this is probably like 28 years later. Yeah. I'm down at the, uh, I'm down in the tunnel at halftime. Just wanted to like give Blake Griffin a high five. And then we're walking back to our seats. They're playing the Miami heat. Our seats are in that, not in the very bottom section, but the next section up. So we're walking across the floor at halftime to go up there. Juwan is a coach. 
he, so I'm about 20 feet from him in the bench. He turns and sees me with my family and he mouths to me. This is like after no communication of 20 years. Hey twin, where's your brother? He does the joke again, 28 years apart. And I was like, I can't believe he's doing that joke again. And I, and then he points to my family, blew him a kiss. He was so nice and so great. So I, there's nobody pulling for him more than me. I want him to succeed at the thing, but the brass forward. So I feel like we as Michigan fans, if you say Michigan is going to win this national championship in football, I will say it's okay that the team, the, the basketball team is going to fall apart. Yeah. I'd say that you, if, if the Michigan, okay, that's a good one, a sports give up, I would say if the Michigan basketball team, uh, our Michigan football team wins the national championship. I'll take no Cardinals World Series for another 25 years. And to round out this best of myself, Dave Damashek, and Kevin Hench on Minus 3 discuss the fantastic Rose Bowl finish we just saw between Michigan and Alabama and why college football should always keep New Year's Day part of their tradition. I'll throw out my good goat, and um, it has to be the, the Rose Bowl. Uh, just so many things about this game. Like, it was... Uh, another iconic game in that stadium. And to me, it's more so just about like the, the pageantry and the feel of the game. I, I tweeted about it. Like when you, when you watch the Rose bowl, especially a lot of the parts of the country and this day, uh, the day that, you know, a new year's day when it's so cold and like dark out and you see like this, this bright, like the mountains and the field looks like warm and it's just, you get, and it's the first year of having it to be a, a playoff game where a lot of people were upset about it. Cause they liked the Rose bowl being what it was traditionally. Um, personally, I like it was with it, Bakes. Uh, it was with Bakes, uh, Oklahoma team, right? right but it was, was a, it was the rotation, but now it is like, and people didn't like that. It was a playoff game. Uh, cause people would go to that game regularly and now it has more of uh, stakes. I personally like it like that. Um, I know Kirk Herbstreit tweeted that he thinks the national championship game should just be played at the Rose bowl every year. Um, and that to me is just like the big difference between why, you know, the pro game, which I'll get into my bad go with the, the field just being littered with flags. And this podcast, we talk about that every single week about how bad the NFL refs are and you just expect the game to be decided by that and the league never wants to admit fault and whereas college you just have the you have the parade and you have just like the the pageantry along with it and like just the history of that stadium and everyone just in this giant bowl and just like the iconic logo of it like that is why i'm you know shifting towards enjoying the college game more because i do enjoy the pageantry you know the nfl tries pageantry with the super bowl and it's two weeks of just nonsense to the point where you have like fatigue from the game. You don't even care about watching it where the Rose Bowl, you just get a nice weekend with it. Um, and the game itself, Bama, Michigan was awesome. Um, it, it's going to, you know, that, what that uniforms, is, right? It, it was that was, was a perfect. heavenly uniform matchup. That much is for sure to see yeah. those two teams pitted against one another. And, you talk about pageantry. The thing that is the, the thing, one thing college football has over the NFL. And I belly ached about this. It's the marching bands. It's that yeah. they're in the stands and that 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 rumble from the from the percussion section hits you from half a mile away from the stadium in the walk up. You can hear the sounds of it and the fight songs. Why we we need more fight songs in pro football? Hench, we have the off season. Let's put our heads together and write fight songs for all the pro football teams that don't yet have one. That's a fun idea. Okay. I love it. And, and especially getting hail to the victors in the Rose Bowl. And it was a perfect day out uh, on New Year's Day here in Los Angeles. And you're in sunny, warm Pasadena. I mean, like they, they show the, the shots of the golf course where all the cars park and all the tailgates are going. It's just like 
it is the best. And I, I know that um, I believe today on one of those talk shows, Stephen A. Smith said they should move the Rose Bowl should be played at SoFi Stadium. And it's just look, and SoFi is a fantastic place. We've all been there, uh, you know, a, a marvel, really, in terms of architecture. But it doesn't I, I, I we need tradition. I like tradition. I want to keep as much tradition as possible. Um, that was the 110th Rose Bowl game. Let's keep it there. It, it's like it, it, you can't beat well, uh, it. Too late, Spaghetti, because they abolished the Pac-12. So. But I like I don't know what I want to tell you, but I am I'm with you. I well, love I, I'm Bowl, I'm saying it should be a permanent fixture. The best conference in college football. Yeah. I mean, look at the standings. Look at the bowl games. How deep the Pac-12 was this year. And like you know, if you're a kid, you're like, what what happened? Yeah. I don't know. It's gone. No, I. It, it, it's a strange time for college football where you have like these certain bowl games that nobody cares about anymore. If it wasn't for like the pop tart bowl with the funny mascot, nobody really cared about it. And that's why, again, the Rose Bowl being so strong and such an impactful game. And, and both games are good, too. That's not me. It's not fair to me to say the Sugar Bowl was an awesome game. Um, Obviously, later on at night, it's in like that dark dome. Late, you know, a lot of East Coast people didn't watch it. Um, And I believe the Rose Bowl was the third highest, uh, third most watched college football game ever. Uh, hmm. The most watched college football semifinal game ever. And it was the uh, most watched non NFL TV show since 2018. So obviously people care about it. And that to me, another reason why it should be uh, a fixture for the playoff, if not the constant national championship game, because I, I won't hear an argument that there's another better venue for it. Just everything about it is just perfect. Um, people involved love the dome. They love the, the, the hundred um, percent, certainty that this game is going to be played on a nice pristine field people corporate types dig that kind of stuff hench do you you're a less traditional guy than i am even eddie spaghetti is sort of skews old soul and that he likes notre dame and the yankees and those classic brands and all of that you're you're not as sentimental certainly as i am do you care do you miss new year's day the way i do because I've made the case before, and I know it's an imperfect and was an imperfect system, but I can make a pretty compelling case year by year that if they played the 1995 New Year's Day bowl games, Fiesta, Cotton, Rose, Sugar, Orange, when almost every year ended with you knowing who the national championship was when your head hit the pillow that night has worked, that system worked just about as well and had just as much controversy as the new system has, but it also spells the end of bowl season. I know you can sit there and watch it and have some fun gambling, but who cares about any of these games? Certainly not the players, as I support. You should not be going out there to play in a meaningless bowl game if you have NFL aspirations. But what do you think, Hench? So, so I, you know, I'm with you in that I miss, you know, you can sort of measure whether it's good or bad by, you know, we're sports fans. Are you interested? Are you interested in these games? No, not at all. Could care less. And as opposed to that all-day thrill of those those bowl games. Now, I also and like And by the way, I'm sorry to interrupt you, but that's I think you hit on something important there that that does have value still in the 21st century. Everything's about the money and you make more money with the with the network partners playing it this way and all of that. But yeah, you're absolutely right. Look at the NHL trying to put its stamp on New Year's Day with that outdoor hockey game. And look at the NBA trying to own Christmas Day with its its string of games. So college football would benefit, you would think, from owning New Year's Day, much as 
you know, the NFL owns Thanksgiving as a, for instance. Mm -hmm. And, and so we've talked about this a lot. Spaghetti is going to go through it soon here, but you know, when you have kids, when your whole life you've watched football all day, Saturday and all day, Sunday, once you have kids that doesn't fly so much. And so then you have to start choosing when you're going to spend time with these kids you had. And Against I, your I will. Kind of gave up. I gave up. I was held down. Heather mounted me on the bed. Uh, I, I, I gave up college football because pro football to me is the greatest thing in the world. I, not, you know, there's nothing better. And so I was like, okay, I'm not going to watch nearly as much college football. Saturday will be my day to pretend I love my kids. Sunday's for me. And then, and True so, love. but, yeah. but January 1st, you, in the old model, it's like, it's okay that you had to drift away from college football because you're going to get it all. all. All of these games, there's going to be spectacle and history and bowl records and, you know, uh, Marcus Dupree and the, these names, you know, and it's going to matter. And, and you can, and you can get all these meaningful games in one day. And now, while I, I love the playoff, I'm glad it's expanding. I want it to be on the field, but this thing of, um, Georgia is going to play the Florida State JV for what? What's what are we watching? What is happening? Mm -hmm.